Hey, party people, have you joined our Discord server yet? You can meet fellow party people and interact with our cast and crew to talk about all things Encounter Party, both this first Ravnica campaign and our new campaign, which is a television show available on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel. To learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com or check the links in the show notes. Now, enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, our show features very strong language and graphic depictions of violence, so listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party. An unbelievable turn of events. It appears the supposedly squashed Royston Overshaw is very much alive. Even worse, he was part of a secret plot to subvert the Guild Pact and hand the fourth rail line over to the Orzov. With the Ghost Council a part of the Merit Lage conspiracy, there's only one course of action left to take. Do our players stand a chance against the Obzadot? Find out this week on Encounter Party! So, the decision has been made. Tessa Karloff is cashing in on the contract you so warily signed with her before, and it seems that her master plan with Tajik Blade of the Legion has finally come to fruition. You are about to assault Orzova, the Orzov Basilica and meeting place of the Ghost Council itself. However, first, based on the confession of Halen Ward, Tessa exclaims that it is important that you first head to his office and retrieve his design plans for the actual layout of the railroad. So if anybody's going to send a message to Xenia, that would be the shortest place for her to get to, and you would need to do that now, and provided that she's just popped off to dump off the orb real quick, you guys should be able to meet each other super fast. Perix will... Uh use sending to send Xenia a message that says things have gone from bad to worse. We are assaulting the Basilica. Meet us at Halen Ward's office. Gear up. So you guys hustle over to Halen Ward's office. Walk in because there's no door anymore. And um, with very little searching, Tessa seems to like know what's going on. Like you guys probably go in and Tajik's probably trying to be super helpful and like turning over shit. And then she's just like Guys, cabinet, thank you. And then, you know, you got to keep in mind, pace is a little bit slow because she's got a lame leg. And you guys start trucking your way back towards the Basilica. You have a brief opportunity to talk to her, and now would be a great time to fill in your teammate on information you may have learned. However, Tessa is going to tell you exactly what's up. She's going to say, The council has gathered so much power and influence that the only way I have found to be able to defeat the Obsidot is to entrap them legally. With this evidence, with the betrayal of Royston Overshaw and evidence that they have not been following their own guild procedures, we can prove that the Obsidot is acting not within the guild's name and is making an attempt to make contact and form allegiance with an extra-dimensional horror. With this, I can confront them, bind them legally, and present a case defended by Isperia of the Azorius, and we can depose the Obzidat once and for all. However, we have to get to them. And Tajik is sort of like, and that's where I come in. 
How much resistance can we expect, and of what kind? All of it, especially if they know we're coming. And do you have any supporters that we can bring to our side? Slubnik is making the preparations. Really thought you were just going to say Slubnik, and I was going to be like, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> oh, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> we have Slubnik. Well, shit. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> so Lauren looks over to the others. Because of the nature of this excursion, are there any guild members or any resources that you have within your own guilds that could support us? No. Master Sergeant Fakara? Of course. I've got two people. You I look can... to the corner, there are two Boro soldiers, and they're like, hey, you guys want to fight with Tajik Blade of the Legion? And they're like, holy sh- yeah, man, oh my god, Tajik, like, get over here. Follow me. Marshaled. Rancid, join the Boros Legion. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's just like two two young guys who are just on soldier duty, and they're like, is that Tajik? And then, like, a Master Sergeant's like, hey, you guys want to fight with us? And they're like, yeah! This is, like, the coolest thing ever. All right, so you now have two Boro soldiers. You may die, but it's going to be glorious. Ooh, they're gonna. Um, <laughs> one of them goes like, yeah, and one's like, wait, what? <laughs> well, all right. Can do. Okay, you have a very limited amount of time. What do we want to tell Xenia? The Ghost Council was financing the unaffiliated rail line. They are part of the conspiracy, summoning Merit Lage to have access to an entire untapped world's worth of resources. And you've been pulled into a schism within the Orzov Syndicate. Come again on that last one? The Grand Envoy is moving against the Obsidant with Tajik the Invincible. So let's go. Okay. On our way, Perix will be filling in Xenia on the massive amount of information that we just received uh, with Tessa. And so you march through the Orzov territory until you reach Orzova, the Grand Basilica and Guildhall of the Orzov Guild, seat of the Obsidat, the Ghost Council who commands all of the Orzov. It is a monolithic cathedral, towering jet black obsidian stone. Large gothic pyres and buttresses span all over what looks itself to be a tomb centered in the middle of the 10th district of Ravnica. Wealth beyond imagine litters the streets as even the cobblestones look to be more expensive than the average person's home. You are marching with intent. And when people within the Orzov see Tessa Karlov marching toward Orzova, it is very clear that a meeting is going to happen between her and the council, and one of them is going to be very upset. So as she marches forward, you can see a bunch of scattering as several people start to make way for the HBIC. And as everyone is scattering out of the way and you approach, you see Slubnik, the Thrall servant, come fly in with about a dozen other Thralls. And that's your backup. When we say Thralls, we're talking about small winged imp-sized thralls or big hulking alms beast thralls nope little Uh, tiny pygmy thralls we are here mistress we are ready to serve Perix says to Saloran it would have been great if your boss did a little bit more politicking before we stormed the castle conflict within the Orzov usually have people staying out of it until there is a clear victor. They're cowards, in short. That's the first time I've heard you criticize your own guild, and I'm really here for it. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. 
The only thing you see outside the front of the basilica is a rather slovenly and portly priest who still seems to be preying on a young, desperate peasant. Perix looks at Lorzach with great recognition of the priest that we strong-armed just a little bit only a few days ago. It's been a little longer than that. It's been about at least ten days, but yeah. Yeah, and says... Yes, my dear, the Church of Ozov will take care of everything. Perix just walks up, stands right behind her. Yeah, like he turns and looks, oh, Grand Envoy. And then he happens to look and see Perix and he's like, uh, uh, there's a moment of curious recognition until he goes, oh, 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 what are you doing here? Is he trying to retreat? No, he, he's kind of just like, uh, the Grand Envoy is here with two guys I saw like 10 days ago who Totally rubbed me up. Oh, it's an interesting uh, turn of phrase. And uh, <laughs> pounding meat. <laughs> per- Perix goes for the same the same pitch as Fakara gave the Boros Legion because he's really upset by the minor amount of thrones. Uh, you want to fight alongside the Grand Envoy? No. <laughs> What's going on here? Fish slap him. <laughs> <laughs> You just you just cuff that bastard right in the face and knock him down to the ground. And he, on his hands and knees, just like crawls away. What a bitch. He sucks. <laughs> so Lauren looks at Perix and goes, I hate that guy too. <laughs> <laughs> that dude sucks. Okay, you are up at the front doors of the Basilica. No turning back now. Anybody need anything prepared before we go in? I'd like to click my heels. Good. Uh, I don't need to prep anything. That's not how Perix works. Good luck. So Tajik sort of steps up to the door and gives one last look to Tessa out of confidence, as if to say, we're really going to storm the Obsidot. And as if she's been ready for this for years, she gives a serious nod with her head. And so Tajik, the invincible Blade of the Legion, pushes open the doors to the Basilica, and you all march inside. So as you march in to the main hallway of the Basilica, you can see a small collective of Orzov soldiers ready to take action. They are the guards of the Basilica, defenders, and also uh, you suspect that the Ghost Council knows you are coming. In the center of this group of defenders, you see a very, very large, dare I say, giant Orzov member clad in majestic gold armor, wielding a gigantic axe that is bigger than any single person in your party. Okay. All right, that's Belagru, the Ghost Council's main enforcer. Quite the mean son of a bitch. No, that's the first time Solowin's cursed. Yeah. Can you give me a history check, please, Solowin? That is a 21. The very, very frightening thing that you know about Belagru is rumor has it he only needs to swing once. No one really lasts beyond one swing, so be mindful. Also, in this particular event, storming the Basilica, you will not be able to achieve your objective without the advocate's powers of Tessa Karloff. If she goes down, your hopes are gone with her. Protect her at all costs. Understood? Yeah. <laughs> Let's roll initiative! So, Billigrew, 
the Obzidot's personal executor, stands before you a giant, and he just stares blankly at your group. And you kind of expect Tessa or him to say something to each other, but Tessa is just resolved to what she's intending to do, and Billigrew doesn't look like somebody who talks at all. Begin combat. Fikara, you're up first. All right, uh, I will yell to the soldiers that are with me, on Tessa, keep her alive at all cost, and I will run to the nearest dude right over there. They are Orzov knights who seem to be dressed very similarly to Saloran. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and attack that knight and just three mace strikes. So an eight, a 19, and a 16. The 19 will hit. And that guy will take... <laughs> he will take five bludgeoning. Five bludgeoning. Okay. Uh, Lord's Edge. As an action, Lord's Edge will awaken the spores in his body, and as a bonus action, he summons a flaming blade, using his movement to track to the closest Orzov Knight. Great. Perix. So Perix runs through behind Fakara and Lorzach, looking at this knight that just took five bludgeoning damage from Fakara. And as expected, the crystal glows black, his eyes roll back in his head, and he puts his hand straight out to toll the dead into the night. <laughs> and the Simic Sailor Scout does her thing. Yep. And uh, we're looking at a wisdom save 16, please. They're pretty Ooh. wise, so I'm curious. So Lauren yells out, Imagine it's me, fish. Can I have an extra damage die? <laughs> Can I get a boost on that one? Can that be like a nice inspiring thing? No. <laughs> he rolls a 14 to yeah. save. Yeah. They are moderately wise. Could be better. Nine necrotic damage. Oof. And Perix looks around the room, realizing how many people there are and realizing the weight of the situation and resigns himself that death is about to arrive. Ooh. Okay, uh, can we have Tajik screams with fury and goes running up to the guy on the left and takes a swing. So as Tajik races forward and cranks back his sword, the blade of the legion, you see three little spurts like propane stove flames pop out from the back and almost propel his blade forward as he comes cranking into the shield of this knight. He's going to roll a 27 to hit this guy. Good Christ. I guess he is, you know, blade the blade of the, of the legion. And he's going to do some hefty damage, but I will not announce how much. We get to know the rest of the party's damage. Yeah, well, he's, he's special. He's in our party. Yeah. Oh. There's too much screaming and fire to hear the number that he shouts out after he <laughs> It's their turn, so... Can we please have people currently engaged with Tajik are going to stay there? Let's start on his side. Bring those guys forward as far as they can. One should be able to reach him. The other one should also be able to be at least 10 feet away. You realize that there are two knights in the back who have slightly less armor, but they do have lances, so they can hit you from a little bit farther away. Uh, not the giant's turn to act just yet. So, uh, one guy is going to attack Tajik and will fail to connect. The other one is actually not going to uh, touch Tajik. The Lance Knight behind that group is going to take a look at Solorin with a rage of betrayal. And Brian's going to remember that that attack is on contact only. So he's going to Lance at <laughs> Tajik. And he's going to miss with a two. 
So, back over to you guys. Let's get some attacks. The one guy directly in front of Lorzach is going to attack you. And he's also going to make Day a, a constitution, constitution saving throw. That's my favorite line of this whole series. A 15. And he takes seven necrotic damage. Ooh, Mama Sita. Um, He will attack you for a 20. Yeah, that hits. You will take seven piercing damage. Slashing. Seven slashing damage. Their weapons look so expensive. <laughs> um, the guy up in front of Fakara will come down on you with a two-handed mace. And you will get attacked for a natural 20. All right. Yep. So with the full brunt of the charge, this Orzov knight cranks back his two-handed maul and comes crashing down onto you for 15 bludgeoning damage. All right. Oof. And the guy behind him will shove a lance into you because it looks like the Boros are making a move on the Orzov. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not a a great uh, image. Oh, damn. Uh, He will miss with a six. Yeah, that's that's not good. It's so Uh, cute. Now it's the giant's turn. Would you move him? uh, He has a movement of 40 feet. And who is he liking to go to? Straight up the middle. Eight spaces. Fuck. You can see him stare down Tessa Karloff with an insane amount of focus. Xenia. Zenia does not like how close this guy is getting to her, so she decides to cast Shatter Spender, spending one sorcery point to protect Tajik. And she's going to cast it right between the big old guy and the slightly bigger, but or slightly smaller big guy. Yep. Great. Constitution saving through 15, please. And it's a 10-foot range? Yes. That's four characters. Correct. Uh, the giant gets a 22. Okay. Um, how many how many characters? The two lances and the two maul. It's one lance, one. Oh, the whole left side. The, of whole, the, the far the side of the okay. hallway here. So the lance gets a seventeen. The maul gets a fifteen, and the sword gets a fourteen. So the fifteen uh, that ties does it go to me or you? To the roller. Tie goes to the roller. roller. So the only one who fails is the short sword wielder. So that's 20 full points of damage to the last guy, 10 points of damage to everybody else. Okay. Uh, Saloran. Saloran sees Belagru and that look in his eye, and somehow in his heart of hearts always knew that it would come to this. He charges Belagru. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, let's see. He's going to go. There's some backstory we never got a chance to discuss, but this is super cool for me. Because <laughs> these guys have a relationship. He's going to try to get a Belliger with his Morning Star. They dated. Oh, wop, wop. One. Next one is. Oh. Oh. Just don't do it on the map. Just don't shoot on the map, man. Shit. Brian's created Shit. a zone of anti-dice on the <laughs> map. I'm going to use my bonus action to summon the spiritual weapon. That one is a 21 to hit. Where does it appear? Right there? 21 to hit. It will appear actually right behind Bellagru. Oh, cool. Yes, uh, it hits. And that will be... That will be eight points of force damage. So, Saloran charges Bellagru. Swing, swings. And a part of it is fear that's making him miss. And then he takes a deep breath in and summons the spiritual weapon and just forces an attack behind Belagru. Knowing Tessa's ambition and the Obzadat's ambition, he always knew that dying to this man was always a possibility. Um, top of the round, Fikara. Lorzash, how is your deck save? Good. Does Tessa act or the Boros soldiers act? 
She Those. seems to be just waiting there passively, ready for you guys to win. Okay. Oh, all right. Cool. I was really so, hoping yeah. she'd have some like good mental magic. That. Oh, I'm sure sucks. she does. Don't lose. Thanks, Brian. She's readying her case. Yes. Like you guys are fighting, and she's like, subsection B. <laughs> In addendum to previous established parameters. And then they can counter-argument this, so right. I need to go grab a precedent. And then, like, somebody, like, bumps into her with a shield, and she just pushes them back into the fight. Well, she's like, this is not going to work. They're going to counter with <laughs> Slubnik versus Azorius, which was a case of mistaken identity. The people <laughs> versus Slubnik. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fikara. You do, by the way, see that the thralls are in there kind of flying around okay. in okay, the so ceiling. They're, they're think, I, I, right. Maybe there's like other thralls that belong to the Obzidot that are in there. So you see like some thrall fighting. Th- some thrall fighting. Great. I will just roar with the fury of a very angry cow, whatever that sounds like, and reach my forefoot forward and stomp as hard as I can to create an earth tremor. So every one in 10 foot range of me uh, has to make a dexterity throwing save. Everyone? Luckily, that's just yes. Lorzatch from our team. Yeah. Oh, great. But it includes Billigru and everybody here on the right okay. side. Okay, correct. Yeah. They all have to make dex saves. Yes. Okay, short sword. Makes a 14. What is it to save? 14. Ah. Okay. Maul rolls a 13. Cool. Lance rolls a 7. Cool. Billigru rolls a 7. Yeah! So the only one who saved is the short sword. And Lorzetch rolls an 18. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, On a failed save, a creature takes 1d6 bludgeoning damage and is knocked prone. If the ground in the area is loose earth or stone, it becomes difficult terrain until cleared within a five-foot diameter, requiring at least one minute to clear by hand. Wait, that's awesome. We have advantage on melee attacks against Billigru right now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah! Until his turn. Yes, sure. Okay. So he goes down and everyone goes down except for the short sword. And that'll be... Five bludgeoning damage to everybody who didn't To, to did everybody it. who didn't say. Yes. Lorzatch. Lorzatch, with a flaming sword and a scimitar in hand, goes to cut down the short sword wielding Orzhov knight in front of him. Will a 15 hit? You're attacking one of the knights? Yeah, I'm attacking one of the knights. A 15 does not hit. There's a 19 hit. A 19 hits. Okay. 18 damage to the short sword wielding knight. Groovy. He's bloodied. Yeah. He's taking a lot of damage. Perix. Perix is a big believer in getting everyone off the map, so he is not done with that same knight that Lorzach is attacking, and he is going to once again toll the dead on that same exact character. Please make a wisdom save of 16 is the meat. Four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like death death. Still nine points of necrotic damage. He's still up. Out of a possible 24. <laughs> And now, a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, folks, blank walls can be pretty boring. So why not spruce up your home or office by heading over to ukiyopop.com. They have a collection of traditional Japanese prints inspired by today's comics, games, and movies. The gallery is viewable online for free, and prints are available for purchase. So head over to ukiyopop.com. That's U-K-I-Y-O-P-O-P.com. Tradition in a modern method. And now, back to the party.
Okay, it's their turns. The first thing that's going to happen is everybody who's down is going to stand up. Billigrew does not have a turn yet, so those two knights are going to stand up. The first thing that's going to happen is the Lance Knight, still within range of Fikara, is going to take a thrust at her real quick. Okay. And he's going to roll a 14, so that's probably yeah. a miss. And then everybody within range is going to disengage, and they're going to start re-fanning out and sort of rebalancing against the situation. So noticing that they're on difficult terrain as their gorgeous basilica floor has kind of turned to soft sand... Um, they're going to get up and disengage. One of them does try and get a stab into Fukara as he bounces back, but you can see them fanning out and sort of readjusting based on the battlefield. Uh, Lorzach, one of them is going to move out of range. And is going to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, which one? The the poorly knight? The okay. poorly knight. Just keep trying to take people off the map. fire. And eight. And he will take four necrotic damage. It's enough. Yeah! So he gets up and tries to move back, but as he steps out, he can't get out of the cloud of spores enough, and they've made his way inside of his armor, and you see that familiar visage of reaching for the throat and choking as he crumples to the floor against the wall of the Basilica. On the other side, seeing Tajik, Blade of the Legion, those guys are like, well, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> So they're going to disengage and run back. However, one of them is in range to deal with Solorin, and possibly doesn't know exactly what's going on, but can see an Orzov Knight Betrayer. So you're going to get attacked real quick. You'll get hit with a 22. Yes, I will. On the way back. So with a quick side thrust, you feel this lance puncture you in the side. You will take 10 piercing damage. And then suddenly you feel a radiant fire curse through your body as you then take an additional 2 radiant damage and you can feel your insides start to burn with holy light. At the end of each of your turns, you're going to need to make a constitution saving throw. Alrighty. Then, after you feel this burning inside of you as the enemies sort of retreat, you see Billigrew stand up. He stands towering over you and looks down at you with a singular focus and takes a giant swing with his great axe. Goodbye, everybody. That's a natural 20. Please confirm, because this really matters. Yep. So the total attack is a 32 to hit with a natural 20. 10-foot reach, 3d12 plus 6 damage. If the Orzov Giant scores a critical hit, it rolls damage dice three times (gasps) instead of twice. Billigrew, in anger reaches back with his giant great axe, and in one mighty swipe, cleaves you for 47 slashing damage. Are you still up? Yes. Hell yeah! Angered that he did not cleave you in two with a single strike, he will take his second of multi-attacks. That will miss. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Whew, buddy. We need to take him out now. Yep, understood. Xenia. Are spiritual weapons... Um, Incorporeal. So, that, so like, yeah, a shatter wouldn't hurt it. They're nothing. They Great. cannot be attacked. They don't have hit points. Amazing. Xenia wants to take these ass hats out. It's getting creepy. So she casts shatter right in this fantastic spot where she can hit three of these motherfuckers. Constitution saving throw 15, please. The Lance Knight fails with a 14. Okay. The Maul Knight fails with a 4. Billigrew succeeds with a 22. Okay. 
22 points of damage for those who failed the save, and 11 points of damage for Billigrew. Xenia means business. Siloran, still up? I am still up. Siloran has taken the attack, this amazing attack from Billigrew. While still standing, everyone around him sees blood just squirt out of his face mask and like start to cover the front of his armor. He's taken the attack, he blocked the second one with his shield, and he's going to go in again with his Morningstar. That is a 22 hit. Correct. That will work. Great. He's going to burn a second level spell slot to do Divine Smite as well. Counterspell. Really? No. Uh, we're never sure anymore. Okay, right. now. 12 damage. 20. Ooh. 22. 25. 26 damage. In one swipe, he takes the attack. He blocks it with his shield. And in desperation, he hits for 26 damage. He's going to take a second attack with his Morning Star. A 26 to hit. That will hit. He's going to burn a first level spell slot to Divine Smite again. Counter spell. All right, well. That is an 8 plus 5. That's 13. That is 20. That is 23 damage. He's going to attack with his spiritual weapon. That is a 22 total. Yes! That is 7 damage plus... That's 12 damage force with the spiritual weapon. So Lauren stands after taking that ferocious attack from Belagru. His mouth spurting blood, the front of his armor being completely covered, the pristine gold being mixed with the iron of his blood. In pure desperation, he takes his morning star and smashes into Belagru once, twice, and then with pure iron will smashes the spiritual weapon in the back of Belagru's head, caving in the back of his skull. And you just see Belagru fall down onto you, and with a quick sidestep, the Orzov giant lands face down onto the basilica floor, the back of his full golden helm caved in like a serving dish. That is how you play a paladin, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. That is why they are fucking great. Yes. You dump into Divine Smite and you one-shot things. For the viewers at home, Saloran is at one HP. Oh! <laughs> For the viewers at home, he just did like 50 damage. Yes. And took that dude from, he took a giant from 24 hit points to death. That's how you play Paladins. That was awesome. I'm not even mad. You know, I was about to do that, too. Salorn <laughs> <laughs> so wants to wants to give a, a comeback, but all you can hear is... So, at end of the turn, Tajik is going to go... And he's going to go racing around the left side of that pillar to go try and chase the dude who's running away from him. And he's going to swing. Oh, and he's going to... Oh, he's going to miss. Oh, dude. Hey, come on, man. You're like second in command of the Boris Legion. Don't... Be better. Be better. Hey, You're sometimes s- we miss. You know, you miss. Yeah, often the Boros misses. That's kind of where we're at right now. And Tessa, completely unmoved by the death of Billigrew, simply walks forward in a straight line directly past Saloran and the dead body of the giant as she continues to make her way forward in the Basilica. The Boros soldiers will be at her side. Top of the order, Fikara! I'm going up to the taller dude who's all like, ah, I'm a big scary guy. And I'm just going to hit him three times with my mace. In the face. That's a net! 20! Boom! What are the other ones? Uh, The other one is an 18 and a 10. The 18 will hit, the 10 will miss. 
23 bludgeoning damage. Ooh. Bam! Double mace, triple strike, hitting in the face. He is bloodied. Cool. All right. Okay. Lorzach. Lorzach approaches the Lancer and swings with a flaming scimitar and a regular scimitar. Does he 21 hit? 21 hits. About to roll a whole bunch of dice. That's my boy. How much dice does your flaming scimitar do? 3d6 plus 1d6 plus 1d6 plus 1d6. <laughs> the flambeau does 14 damage. Scimitar does 10 damage for 24 damage altogether. Total? Total. For the Lancer. The Lancer, correct. How does he die? Lorzach slices off the uh, tip of the lance and then follows through with his regular scimitar and shanks him through the throat. End of turn. At the wave of the flaming sword, you just hear from the complete opposite side of the basilica. Tajik is like, nice, that is how you do it. As a reaction, Lorzach lets out a heavy sigh as a cloud of spores settles into the body of the dead lancer and these filaments start to sprout from his ears, nose, and eyes, and the body rises, ready to kill his former compatriots. Uh, why? Fungal infestation. Oh! <laughs> Circle of spores, druid! Oh! <laughs> we got zombies, bitches! This is not, no. We didn't need an army. We are an army. Yeah! We have a Hulk. We don't have a Hulk. <laughs> we have a Tajik. The zombie attacks. Wait, he gets immediately? An action immediately? Immediately after my turn. Oh, bull hockey. For a 15 to hit. A 15 misses. End uh, of turn. Okay, it's their turns. It is my turn. All right, fine. Perix. <laughs> <laughs> Perix is actually kind of stoked by this. Like, the concept <laughs> of reanimating through a fungal means is actually, like, really exciting for a Simic. But he's more worried about his Orzovian companion, which is shocking because he hates that guy. But... <laughs> Perix will take steps to his left to his max reach, and uh, manipulating an object would be a full action. Like if I were to hand him a potion, I don't need to. You can you can trade for free. You can hand somebody a potion. Great. That's a, so. I'm going to hand him a greater potion of healing. Because the way that works is technically you could like drop a potion, and right. then on his turn he, he pick could up. pick up a potion. Right. There are a lot of workarounds. Right. You hand him a potion. I hand him a potion, and then I look at the one right in front of Fakara that we seem to all be focusing on, and Perix is fully aware that death has come to the Basilica and continues to toll the dead on this experience. Natural 20. Well, that sucks. He oh, that's a 20. does not take half damage. These are Orzov. Death is a part of their career. There's nothing you could show him or tell him that he does not already know. We'll see about that next round. However, one thing he's not prepared for is his co-worker standing up with, like, mushrooms coming out of his eyes. So he's going to disengage like a bitch and move back six spaces. Anybody else get the feeling that they're leading us further in to a trap? Yes. Okay. Nope. Fuck off, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> And so, um, the one that is currently engaged with Tajik will continue to be engaged with Tajik and will make an attack, and he will miss. The other two will take four steps back. Xenia. Xenia's getting a little stiff and cramped since she hasn't moved since the very beginning of this battle, so she makes her way up and right next to that Boros soldier, 
Thank you so much. And she decides to get a little wild and cast Chaos Bolt. Yeah! Right at that taller gentleman. For 16? No. Aww. Would you please roll a d20? Yeah. Nine, baby. You're still in control of your powers. Saloran, after the adrenaline of taking down Billigrew starts to dissipate into your system, you realize that that burning fire is still inside of you. Could you please make a constitution saving throw? That is an 11. How many hit points are you at? One. You will take five radiant damage as that lingering fire effect continues to burn your innards. And Saloran drops like a ton of bricks. Saloran is down. End of the turn. Tajik continues to wail on the night, laughing. Uh, oh, that will hit. Ta-da. That dude is super messed up. So, after a big cleave and a laugh through his pearly white teeth, you just kind of see off to the left, Tajik wielding the blade of the legion comes crashing down on the clavicle of that knight that he's fighting. In a shower of blood, it falls to the floor. Based on the current position, Lorzach, will you make a wisdom saving throw, please? Yes, indeed. 19. A 19 succeeds. And you see Tessa Karloff move an additional five spaces forward in a straight line, walking her way casually through the Basilica. Uh, and, and we were unable to see what caused him to make a wisdom saving throw? Nothing happened. Okay. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna worry about it. That's literally my job. Fikara, top of the order. I am freaking out about the fact that Tessa is just walking forward and will stir behind her, but there's probably still danger happening. So I'm going to run forward to the nearest enemy and attack them twice with my maces. That is going to be a 26 and a 14. The 26 will hit. Excellent. The 26 will hit and that will be nine bludgeoning damage and I will take my bonus action to hit with my horns, which does not happen. That's like a 12. Got it. Lord's Edge. Lord's Edge closes on the maul-wielding Orzhov Knight and strikes with a flaming blade and another blade. 20 to hit. Yes. And 26 to hit. Yes. <laughs> Flambeau does 15 damage. 15 damage. And another 14 damage. And another 14 damage. He looks pretty, pretty poorly. But he is still up. He is still up. Following Lorzach's turn, the zombie shambles 20 feet to the closest target. The zombie lashes out. Ooh, for a nine to hit. Whiff. They're not great at combat. <laughs> They're mostly spooky. The zombie, <laughs> the zombie lingers forward and with soft arms, and just on plate mail, Perix. Perix announces to the fallen comrade who probably can't hear him, I really hate that you're making me be the goddamn healer right now. Yeah. And rolls you over and pours a potion of greater healing down your fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it is 4d4 <laughs> plus 8 to renew. Oh, I have a bunch of d4. I don't I don't need you to How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Multi-class. <laughs> Fucking healer. <laughs> well, in typical fashion, I didn't do great for you. 4 7 9 plus Well, I mean, I did. It's 17 points of healing. There you go. 
worth the 200 fucking gold or Zeno I spent on it. Yep. Soren wakes up and goes, thank you, frog. I frog slap him across the face Ugh. and then take my full movement. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For Soloran, you wake up and you see the caved-in skull and the fallen body of Billigrew. And the inner burning fire inside of you is gone, but so is your spiritual weapon. And I think as far as you're concerned, you both took each other down at the same time. And you just got better friends. <laughs> Soloran's heart grows just a little bit. Soloran doesn't have friends. It's really excited for Soloran to go. Soloran hearts parents. Yep. I know, me too. Okay. Their turn. So the one that is uh, not in really good shape is going to take a last stand, and he's going to make is uh, Lorzach within melee range. Yes. yes. Yeah, he's going to swing at him for a twenty-three. Yes, that hits <laughs> for five bludgeoning damage. Ooh, the absolute minimum. Wow. He's weak. He's been hurt. Yep. The other ones, however, seeing Tessa's confidence that you're all going to deal with this by the time she gets to the end of the room, are going to rush her. Are they within six? Yeah. So um, that one knight next to Tessa is going to make an attempt with a readied attack. A 15 is not going to be enough to do any damage. The one mall guy is going to make an attack on Tessa. He is going to miss with a 12. And the other one is going to make a lance strike at Tessa that will hit. She is going to take a lance strike and she is going to take some damage. Fucking... NPCs in video games and D&D should stop running. Um, it's clear that she seems to be exhibiting a certain amount of strength. I don't think she's quite so foolish to be what's going on here. I, I don't. I, I think you're reasoning that she is just walking through as if nothing else is going on around her. Okay? Okay. Xenia. So Xenia tried Chaos Bolt before, but she decided it didn't work. You got to stick with the one who brung you. She's going to cast Shatter a... Again, going to cast Shatter right there. Constitution saving throw of 15, please. The Lance succeeds. Damn it. The Maul does not. Okay. That's 23 total points for the person who fails their Constitution save and 11 for the person who saves. They both die. Ha! How does it happen? Xenia rolls her eyes back into her head gets very, 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 very small, and then immediately expands to her fullest height, throwing her fingers out, sending static electricity up into the air, bringing a thunderclap down, smashing their eardrums to bits, and they die. One guy left, Saloran. The potion that you gave me, is that the potion that you you handed me the turn before? Yeah, I took it off your body and poured it down your yep. throat. You don't get a goddamn second one. I was just making sure. <laughs> I was just making sure. <laughs> so Lauren's going to pop one of those healing potions that he got earlier and then run behind Tessa to give her more cover. Eight HP. Okay. Um, you see Tajik. Run forward. Fear not, Lady Tessa. I am coming. Tessa Karlov moves forward five spaces. And her knights will move with her. Technically, Fakara's knights, but, you know, they have jobs. They're hers now. I'm helper. Top of the order, Fakara. Okay. At this point, Fakara's just like, what? How? What? How is everybody taking somebody down and I haven't? And I just three large maces to any part of this guy's body that's going to hurt, which is going to be everything. So that will be a 26, a 25, and an 8. Two will hit. Okay. 
And that will be a 10 and a 9, so that will be 19 bludgeoning. How does it happen? Just die, please! And just falls to the ground after so much trauma to, like, everywhere. He dies very politely. A polite death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> as a- <laughs> I can move after that, right? Yes. Everyone's dead. As a reaction. What? Lorzach spews another cloud of spores. No. That's my boy. And a fine white fuzz begins to grow out of his eye socket as he climbs back up, ready to take on the ghost council. I don't have to hit that guy again, right, Lorzach? Oh, no. He'll pose no problem at all. Okay, cool. Come along, fungus. So, with the initial guard dead and cleared, Tessa continues her unbroken stroll up to the doorway leading into the Grand Basilica, pausing at the door only long enough for Tajik to realize, oh, right, and runs up in front of her to push open the doors in her stead. Tajik pushes open the doors, and you all enter into the main church of the Basilica. It's incredibly quiet. Ominous organ music plays as an entire congregation sits at pews with their heads bowed in prayer. You shuffle inside the main church hallway and you can see at the far end of the presidium is a tall, dark-haired woman sitting over an altar, praying to whatever pile of worship the Orzov are into. But as you enter and shuffle in, the door behind you closes, and it's a heavy door. So it has that echoing shut as the sound ripples out into the quiet pews. And the organ music stops, and the woman halts the ceremony and looks up at you and says, Well now, welcome to the Church of Orzov. Are you here to make a donation? Of blood. (laughs) Saloran throws his hand axe at her. Oh, let's get a let's get a roll twenty, please. That is a big fat eight. <laughs> so, Saloran, you walk in the door. You know exactly what this shit is. You pull out your hand axe and chuck it the full length of the proscenium, all the way up to this woman. And right as the hand axe is about to meet her, a giant black wing manifests from behind her and just knocks it away. And then another black wing appears behind her, and like a giant, resplendent dark angel, she floats up into the sky, and a majestic, giant gold scythe manifests in her hands. I knew it. If not a donation, then perhaps an offering of your lives. On the next... Encounter Party! After taking down the Executioner of the Orzov, our players descend deeper into the Basilica. However, a new challenge bars their path. Who is this black-winged angel? What is she doing in the service of the Orzov? And what will Fakara have to say about it? Find out next time on Encounter Party! Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media, based on the worlds of Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan and Katie Brow. 
theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Serge Narcissoff and Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malonez. Good evening. This is Lozach Rotspeaker. You know, most people throughout history are dead. And someday, you will be too. Or will you? Find out by joining the Gulgari Swarm and find your secret to a life everlasting. Join our Facebook discussion group for all the behind-the-scenes looks at what's happening with Encounter Party. Find us on Twitter and Instagram as well. For news and updates, go to EncounterParty.com. And let's keep this party going.